Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Friday with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Hi, Kimberly. Here it is again. It is uh, date night number two. Uh, Yes, we're recording a podcast. So for those of you that um, listened to last week's episode, we are going through eight dates. We're not going to take you on all eight dates. We're going to take you on a couple of them. Um, And today will be the second. Maybe we'll do one more. Um, But there's a book by John Gottman, who is a marriage... um, researcher, believe it or not. He researches what makes marriages successful. And our commitment to each other is to be able to kind of get ahead of problems before they become problems. And one of the methods in doing that is by having a conversation and discussing landmines before uh, before they happen. And so we thought we would just do it live? So we thought we would just do it live. So this is nothing fancy. I don't have any fancy... um, tech equipment. No one cares but you, honey. Is literally just my iPhone um, and uh, a book on our kitchen table on a Saturday night and a a happy COVID uh, to you. It sounded like a Tibetan singing bowl. (laughs) Um, Okay. What we're doing this week is we are discussing where there are fundamental differences between the way I do things and the way you do things. Oh, this should work out well. And there are, um, there's a handful of them, about 20 or so. We don't have to go through all of them. But basically, the idea is to talk about how we are the same and how we're different and how we can accommodate and accept the differences between us um, and be willing to say that there are differences that we are just not going to try and change the other person and say like this is this is just her this is just him this is just the way they are and 
not, you know, to use a, a New York City play, I love you, you're perfect, now change, right? So, all right, here we go. Number one, differences in neatness and organization. Oh my God. One. Did you write this book? One person may be neat and organized while the other is more disorganized and doesn't <laughs> mind a bit of mess. Discuss. Oh, well, if anybody has seen us um, co, uh, co-officing, <laughs> I think they will be laughing right along with us. Um, yes, you are anally neat mm-hmm. and organized, clean spaces, and I am a bit of a clusterfuck, and that's okay. But I know where everything is in my cluster, unless you move it. Unless I fuck it up. I uh, I absolutely have no charge, no issue, no problem with your unbelievable messiness. <laughs> but let me ask you, <laughs> it's comical. Let, let me ask you though, with your your ex-wife, Yeah. Was also messy, so apparently yeah. you have a type. Mm-hmm. I do. Why messy women? <laughs> why did you care so much about her? Listen, he cared so much about the ex-wife's messiness that when he built this big house for them, he created a closet where he could shut the door and literally do his makeup inside the closet. Yeah, and do his hair like had a sink and a mirror and all that inside his closet with a closed door, so he didn't have to see her messiness. You know, I just thought. I wonder the the person who bought that house if they were like, well, they there had, has to they be a story the, behind they this had closet. To go in the closet and go, what the fuck is a sink doing in the closet? Right. I mean, look, but two, why? Two, why two, you, you guys are just two different people, but she. Um, she, the the reason why is you have you have an awareness you try and you're like this is going to freak him out so there's two things one this is going to freak him out so I'm going to make sure that I do the best I can to not make it disorganized and two is when when I am cleaning things up around you. One out of a hundred times do you lose your shit on me? And it's usually because I threw the dog out or something like that. No, you throw... Okay, so let's be honest here. You will throw shit out. First of all, that is not yours. Second of all, you even throw shit out that's yours. My favorite is when you threw out your dry cleaning... You love this story. I love this story because you will throw everything out. It was in a, I, my dry cleaning was in a white garbage uh-huh. bag and garbage, First problem. garbage was in a white garbage uh-huh. bag. But, so. you, but you just like to throw everything out. But let me ask you, mm. on a scale of one to 10, before mm-hmm. I moved my desk <laughs> literally in front of yours, yeah. it was off to the side. You didn't really look at it. Oh, I looked and, at it. And it was really messy though. And it was messy. Now, uh-huh. what would you say on a scale of one to 10? Perfect. I'm doing really well, right? Because I know sometimes, you have to see my desk. Sometimes it's even, well, this is the point. The point is that you're, you're asking for the comparison between you and you and the ex. She could give a shit. Yeah. And you do. I care. All right. Number two, differences in punctuality. One oh person is always on time and the other is more casual is about time and often late. I, I am not. That don't even start. Are you going to say I'm late? Oh my God. You, I, if I'm not 10 minutes early, I'm late. Uh, no, you, that's not about early. It's not about on time. I, yeah. But to me, if I'm not early, 
I'm late. Uh, okay. You will stroll in three minutes late and you will make me late for things. I am constantly going, Rob, we're going to be late. We're going to be late. How, we're going to be how late. How late? Just because here's- How many times have I made you call a restaurant? <laughs> okay, how many times have I made you call time. the restaurant? Every because time. we're look, 15 here's... minutes late because you were doing your hair. Actually, no, wait for it. We're 15 minutes late because you are- cleaning the house uh-huh. in order to leave because you cannot leave the house. If the house was on fire, you would do the dishes before you walked out the door. Okay, but look, there's, there's two things here. <laughs> Thing number one is there's early, uh-huh. like mathematically. Like if you, if you have- if You, you are have to, always late. Okay, hold on. If you have to be at a place at eight o'clock PM for dinner, mm-hmm. if you get there at eight o'clock, can we both agree that you're not late? Yeah, okay. but you don't get there at eight o'clock. You, you get there at to- 8.08. And you consider that on time because it's within a 15-minute grace window. Yeah, I do. See? But you're late. And for me, if I'm not there at 7.50, I am, my blood is pumping. I have anxiety. And I'm like, call the restaurant, call the restaurant, call the restaurant, call the restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. You are chronically late. And it's like you give yourself a 15-minute grace period. Mm -hmm. So note to anyone that books an appointment, Give him 15 minutes. He's on Italian time. Number three, differences in doing tasks and getting things done. One person may be a multitasker, doing lots of things at the same time, and and the other one likes to focus on one thing at a time. I am a multitasker. You have a checklist for every single thing you do during the day. Do we have a problem with that? No, we don't have a problem with any of these because we allow each other to be each other. But when you try initially though, but let's go wind it back when we first, very first started working together 482 years ago, Mm -hmm. you literally handed me a checklist. Mm -hmm. How'd that go? Well, it didn't go good, but here's, here's, (laughs) here's the thing. The thing that I learned from that is that you, people don't operate it's it, this is a very common trap that people get into at work and in relationships because our brain is processing how we do things we just assume that this is the way it is done and so we go okay well my brain works off a checklist so i'll just give her a checklist well the road to hell is paved with the best of intentions <laughs> okay don't check your don't checklist your wife. No, find out how your wife works in a great. And when I say checklist, I don't mean complex things. It was like turn on the lights. Yeah. Okay, like shit that shouldn't have to be on a checklist. Number four, differences in emotionality. One person is very emotionally expressive, you. and the other is not so expressive. Me. One person might value exploring one's emotions more than the other. Who believes more in action than introspection about feelings? What you, what's your comments on differences in emotionality? I mean, you're definitely more emotional than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely more... Well, it's, I have a heart. I mean, this is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, honey. Um, <clears throat> no, I am definitely... I can be brought to tears easily. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the emotional gal that you are. Mm-hmm. And you definitely are more emotional than me, which took me a minute to understand because I am very much a straight shooter on things. Mm-hmm. And I will say things that will hurt your feelings. And so now I have to think, how can I soften that to not hurt his feelings? Or how could I approach that differently? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always happen because I often just speak. 
instead of no. But right there, that's the, and and the, the, and the reverse is, is there. The reverse is true too, because you're a straight shooter and you just want to get to the facts. Um, I want to do the best I can, and I'm, I, I rarely am able to get to a point in under twenty minutes. But I, <laughs> I really do. Tr- I really am aware of the fact that I need to do better yeah. in that area. So I think we're both. But uh, emotionally, I mean, I think. But I'm, I'm willing. I don't think either of us is not willing to talk about emotions. I'm not like a cold-hearted, you know, wench that can't speak about emotions. Obviously. Number five, differences in wanting time together versus time apart and alone. Mm. One person wants more time alone than the other who wants more time together. I don't know. These reflect basic differences in wanting autonomy versus interdependence. Okay. That's great. Autonomy and interdependence. So let's talk about that for a second because you talk about... um, So we were both married before previously before our relationship. And we were friends though. We knew each other prior to us getting together. And so you've told me before, one of your fears with me was the amount of time I needed away from my ex, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I would like literally sit in the bath for an hour just to avoid. I would um, just go walk around the mall. I would just leave the house and and I, and it wasn't even like I consciously knew at the time this was not a good relationship. I was just like, I am an independent girl. I need to be, I need my own time, whatever. And it would drive me crazy if I was like, okay, I'm going to go for a ride and go to the mall. And he'd be like, I'll come with you. I'm like, oh my God, this is like the opposite of what I need. But with you, I think we have literally been attached at the hip since 2004. Like, I don't think we've separated for very very long, Mm -mm. you know? But not because we are codependent. I think we enjoy each other's company. But I do think, especially now with like little kids and or kid and um, a lot of business, I think we more need time to just decompress. But I don't necessarily mean... It needs to be away from each other. Yeah, I think there's a difference between taking time to be separated versus taking time to clear your head. You know? Yeah. So I think I think we have gotten really clear about how to mitigate those circumstances. So I get up, you know, a couple hours before you do in the morning, and I get a lot of alone time. And your checklist. And my checklist done, and um, I, you know, I take a nice break in the afternoon to clear my head. So I've got a couple of release valves. But those release valves are not in place for you. They're in place for uh, for for the five year old Hitler that I live with. Okay, <laughs> um, they're they're not they're not in place for you. So I don't think that's much. I don't think issue. that I don't think we have that one. All right, number six differences in optimal sexual frequency. One person wants more sex than the other. Okay, well, you get injected with testosterone twice a week, so mm-hmm. yeah, you definitely win that game. Mm-hmm. It's true. Not twice a week, once a week. But once yeah. a week. Yeah. Okay. Used to be twice a week. But now well, you've it leveled the, off. It was the same dosage. He just felt it would it would be more efficient to deliver half of it each yeah. time. But but the point is taken. Yeah. Um, for sure. You know, testosterone replacement therapy for men who are listening, it's it's a it's a great thing. I mean, it it kind of takes you back. You know, it's not just a, a sexual thing. It's you just you feel better on it for sure. Um, but the byproduct is your sex drive definitely 
goes through the roof. So it, it's an unfair advantage. It I is. mean, you know, you're, <laughs> how old are you now? 41. You're 41. So, you know, uh, my testosterone is the, is the testosterone now of a 21 year old. So it, I'm really a MILF. Yeah. See? Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, win. Yeah, I think uh, I think I win that one. Okay, next um, differences in adventure. One person is adventurous and willing to take some risks when venturing into the unknown, but the other person is more cautious and risk averse and wants any adventure to be worked out in advance <laughs> so that it's mostly <laughs> planned and very predictable. Okay, you hire a fixer when we go to another com- country. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, and this is funny because like <laughs> when we met, you were traveling and doing New York, LA, Miami every other weekend. But New very York, predictable things. But New York, LA, Miami, New York, LA, Miami, literally like Groundhog's Day. And I did that little trilogy with you for a minute. And then I was like, shouldn't we go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. And I remember the first big trip we took that was not like that was so out of your comfort zone was Rio. Mm-hmm. And I remember pitching it to you and you were like, uh, I know nothing about this. I'm like, isn't that fun? You know, this falls into the category. Like, so we talked earlier about like neatness, right? You're not changing my neatness. I'm not changing your lack of neatness. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But this one is- My a, mother tried really hard. This one is a different one. And the reason why this is different for me is- even like, you know, today we took our bicycles and we went um, through uh, through towns, right? That's perfect. No, no, no. Well, he said, me, I'm, I'm going to take you on my ride I do every day. Hold on a second. The bike ride was, I wanted, I wanted to show you where I go every day so that you can see it and you can, you know, get a sense. So when I'm talking to you about it, you understand it. But then what I said was, after we do that, let's go on your ride, yeah. right? Because I wanted it to be equitable. Um, and... What was interesting about your ride was you decided to go down a road. You decided to go straight where I would have made a left, right? And because I made, because I allowed you, for lack of a better word, to do that, um, I noticed things I never saw before. I saw houses that are beautiful that I'd like to put, you know, on our vision board. I saw um, houses that are kooky and quirky that I've never seen before. I saw a part of town that I hadn't seen before. And so every time I take these adventures with you, by and large, they usually bear out to be really interesting. And I'm super glad that I did them. But I kick and scream all the way into doing it. So... This is a category where I have to do the work and go, this is a natural skill set for her. Like she likes this and she naturally is gravitated to it. But because I'm so predictable and I want things to be so certain that I'm not inclined to do it, i.e. fighting you and going like, I, like I, don't, I don't want to do that. Like one of the things you said to me, it still bothers me that I, that I haven't done this for you and I need to fix this. I'm making an attempt to do it, but with COVID, it's been, it's been difficult. But, you know, you, you said like, you know, um, I would love, you know, every three months to take a weekend trip. I would love, you know, once a week to go somewhere new on a Saturday. And 
Um, I would too, but I am such a fucking creature of habit and I am so predictable in what I like that I don't go there. But I'm glad we're having this conversation because I, I need to just go, I'm going to do something new today. I'm going to, I'm going to. So do- on Monday, when you take your drive, yeah. take a new route. Oh, well, I'm not ready for that. I got, your, <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got your point. But can I just say something for anyone that's still paying attention to yeah. this story? You and I don't make each other wrong for it. No. And this is when people ask, what is the secret to our relationship? It's not that we're like some relationship ninja that just we're just so we like all the same shit. We just don't make each other wrong for it. You don't make me wrong and yell at me and degrade me for not being as clean as you I don't degrade you for not stepping out of your comfort zone. We laugh about it. We joke about it. And we try to do the best we can for each other to be influenced and influencers in our own right. And that's the secret. Yeah, I think I think that that is. Um, number 10, differences with respect to relatives. One person wants more independence from relatives and the other wants more closeness and connection. Where do you stand on that, madam? Are our parents listening? No, they don't know how to work an iPod. (laughs) An iPod. Um, You know, I think that I definitely am the more wanting to be connected to family because I, I truly highly value that. And I think that you value that a lot. And you'd probably rather go to Italy, you know? Yeah. Like if given the choice, if they lived in town, mm -hmm. I don't, I think you would see them. I think you would do things. I think it would be all good. Um, Both of us would make the decision though for to not live in town. So we're on the same page. Like neither of us is going, I really want to move back to New Hampshire. or I really want to move back to New York and be close to family. Like people do that quite often. Yeah, my, my friend. But we don't do that. My friend uh, has got three weeks left here. Yeah. Uh, Chris, he's going back. He's going back to... Um, to be near family. And we just, neither of us have that thing where we really want to like go yeah. back to like where we grew up. But I think we're pretty, I think we're we're good on that. Differences in how to approach household chores and childcare. One person wants... Well, you do the chores, I do the childcare. One person wants equal division of labor while the other doesn't agree with this principle or feels it's unrealistic. You just okay. answer, you well, answer neither. Okay, first of all, we, no one's counting anything. There's no division of labor. Well, both of those points that you just made are... I cannot tell you, you know, I, I, I went through this book in detail and they have um, couples. Mm-hmm. This is a huge oh, issue. Oh, I know it is. Like I hear it from my friends. It's a big deal. It's like, you're not doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. You're not taking the garbage but out. But again, we're we not, don't, we but don't, we step up though. We both step well, up we, and do our part. We do step up and do our part. But I think the bigger point is that we have worked out how we step up. Yeah, but not really. It's natural. Like you see that I will walk away from the dishes and be like, fuck it tomorrow. See you later. Because I don't like the dishwasher. It drives me crazy. I don't know why. That's another concept for another day. But um, so you'll go over and do them. But there are days where I'm like, you know what? I don't want him to have... He has worked so hard today. He did six podcasts and a partridge in a pear tree, coaching clients, whatever. I I don't care if I just spent three hours cooking. I'm going to do the dishes because I don't want him to have to do it. Because I know if I leave them there, 
eight out of 10 times, you will do them. And so I have to make a conscious decision in my head. Mm -hmm. Do I want him to do them or not? And there are days where I'm like, yeah, I'm out. I've had a long day. I don't care if they're there, Mm -hmm. but you step up. And then the same with Sophia, like I step up. So there isn't, I don't, I think couples that have problems are the couples where one party isn't doing shit. Like, Mm -hmm. You know, like if you weren't doing anything with Sophia and it was just me, then I'd be like, like, okay, great example. When we got in this COVID situation mm-hmm. and you were like, okay, here's your one hour. You remember that? Everybody remember that one, right? The one hour that I keep talking about. But you corrected it and you were like, oh, well, let me take her for three hours in the afternoon. And so I do the morning shift with Sophia. You do the afternoon shift. Yeah. Well, and I had, had to work that out. But we had to work that out. But we did it in a in a normal way, apparently on a podcast, but we did it in a normal mm-hmm. way and communicated and you fixed it because mm-hmm. that was like a random, we got like handed a random deck of cards on that. But I think we both naturally step up. Mm-hmm. I think if we were in a relationship with someone who did nothing, I think it would be different. You know, uh, because those one, exist. They exist. I think you know. I, I'm, I'm, I want you to want to do the dishes. I'm hesitant to say that if you just go, if you go all in on doing stuff for the other person, that the law of reciprocity is going to have the other person go like, "What? Well, this is unequal. I need to, mm-hmm. I need to do my part." But there are, you're right, there are relationships where they're like, okay. No, she- but they see it differently. Like a lot of men will go to work all day, right? Mm-hmm. And regardless if the woman works or not, they'll come home from a long day and they'll do nothing while the woman deals with the kids, deals with the dinner, deals with, mm-hmm. you know, anything, the chores, the laundry. Like there isn't inequality in that, I think, in a lot of relationships because each party isn't stepping up. And I, I think we we actually do that. So without having to have a conversation about it most of the time. All right, let's do a couple more. Differences in how to raise and discipline children. One person tends to be stricter with children and believes that it's essential for children to be respectful, while the other person emphasizes empathy and understanding of children and thinks children should have freedom and be emotionally close to their parents. Where do you stand on that? Well, I think... That's changed for us. Yeah, it's changed for us because, you know, when we had um, our older one, which is, I don't know that we've ever really gone in detail about this, um, but when Rob and I got together, Rob had a daughter from his previous marriage who we ended up with full custody of and uh, raised fully together. Podcast for another day. Podcast for way more wine than we currently Mm -hmm. have in our system. But yeah, so, I mean, I was 25 and we got custody of a five-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, and, or whatever it was, however that went it's down. It's crazy when you think about that now. Yeah, it's really crazy. Like you, you were almost as old as she is now. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Which um, makes it even weirder because I feel like I'm dating my daughter, which is strange. But I'm 41. I know. Okay. It's a moving target. It's a I get moving it. Target. But it, but like the fact like that it's so hard to even. Yeah. But yeah, so then I think we um, were trying to work out a lot of things blended family, um, co parenting. And plus, we had a And new just parenting. We had a new relationship. We were you had um, guilt from divorce. You had guilt it's from. A lot of circumstances. Ex craziness. 
like all, all of these different things. And I think, so I think I was definitely the stricter one because there had been like zero rules mm-hmm. ever in her life. Well, let's take it from her because that was a yeah. thousand years ago and let's take the current. Well, I mean, so if you look at the way we're raising Sophia, she has the same rules. And in fact, you are stricter than you were, you were with um, Demi than you are with Sophia. I think I am. You're stricter because you've seen the the way. And, I, and here's the gift that we got uh, somewhere in the vicinity of the eighth and ninth grade. The gift that we got is we were really struggling. We got to the point where it was like, here's my ring. We're either going to therapy or I'm leaving. Like, I can't do this another day because we were really struggling with child raising and all of the things uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And we went to therapy and the therapist is like, you guys have a great relationship, except this one topic. Mm-hmm. And she gave us advice. Do you remember the advice? Because it shifted everything for us. Mm, is that where she said she'll come around at 30? No, that's that's a different therapist. That's her therapist. This oh. is ours. We only went like twice. Okay. No, uh, remind me. She said, you have to be on the same team. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Because we were not on the same team. Mm -hmm. She said, you have to be a united front. Like, this is war. You guys are on the same side. Nothing is talked about in front of children. You guys discuss everything and support everything. You support everything. You are a united front. Together, Mm -hmm. you are one parent. I remember that. And that shifted everything for us in parenting. We've actually unconsciously been doing that since that point. Like that just, Absolutely. Be, that just became the way we do things. The way we do everything. That shifted everything. I think we broke that travel, that uh, therapist, she became a travel agent. She did. Yeah. She did. Well, she was like, all right, guys, you're going to have to leave now. But yeah. And so with Sophia, I think we just, um, I think we're both equally strict and equally love and empathetic. I don't find one different. Differences in preferred activity level. One person prefers to be very active. Oh, while you the don't other stop per- fucking moving. And the other person prefers to You literally to be- don't stop moving. Like, That's not true. You don't stop moving. You look like a butterfly <laughs> going around this damn house looking for things to do. Really? Uh-huh. I, you will redo things that I just did to have something to do until like 7 p.m., yeah. And then all of a sudden, you become the guy that reads the paper yeah. outside with a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. And on Sunday, he's, he's your gone. checklist says, go sit on the couch and watch CBS Sunday morning. He's gone for eight he's, hours. He's gone. He, the only time you do, it's like you are a full, yeah. you're, you run your battery down Monday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, you can't move physically <laughs> and you recharge. You're right. in a snuggie, not moving. All right, we'll do uh, one more. All right. These are actually good. I'm enjoying it's them. It's funny. Differences in socializing. One person is more extroverted and gregarious and gets energized by being with people, while the other person finds being with people an effort and is energized by solitude. Well, you definitely are situational extrovert. Yeah. I am much more... You're way more extroverted. Extroverted? You are. Extroverted? Mm-hmm. No way. You are. Uh-uh. No, I, I, I'm, I'm situational. I'm in it. Look, 
Where there you are, is you, no part of me that's an extrovert. You and I are both introverts. Mm-hmm. I am situate. You're right. I am situationally extroverted. But I believe that when we're in a situation, like today's a perfect example. Let's look at this. We're in the park today, mm-hmm. right? While you're talking to those group of people, I'm falling asleep on the floor next to you. For 10 seconds. No, but the point is you are much more conversational. Not really, only because I'm, it's literally By the way, I can give you 10,000 examples like that. It's literally a practice for me because I'm also the person, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. It is hard for me because I... First of all, I can't remember anybody's name to save my life. That's like hard. it said is not mm-hmm. my talent. Yeah. Okay, so if I don't know your name, I apologize. But yeah. I can barely remember my own name half the time. So I That's just a skill. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a skill I don't have. So when I see people and they're like, "Hi." I'm like, "Oh my god, I have no idea who that is." Yeah, and now I have you? to deal with that and I've like done this one before. We're like, "Oh my god, it's so nice to meet you." Well, we've met three times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "All right." So I always say the stupid thing. Um, I do not like to put myself out and talk to people because I always feel like I'm going to say something dumb, which Mm -hmm. is usually true. And I'm pushing myself and have been, listen, I'm in network marketing. So I have for the last three years, I think really made a commitment Mm -hmm. to get better at connecting, not because I'm trying to like enroll anybody, but I just need to be good at that skill. So I'm trying. Do Do you remember? I used to do like a class on connecting and then I would go out and practice. Yeah. I was not an extrovert. I am, I am practicing a skill and now it's becoming more natural for me. Mm -hmm. But the question was, do you get energy from it? And the thing is, it sucks the living energy out of me. I think in this area, we're probably pretty similar. We're similar. We're both, we're, similar. we're both shockingly introverted. I, I'm probably a bit more situationally extroverted you than are. you. You will walk up and strike up conversation. You're more gregarious. You're more outgoing. You will make the, I will sit at the bar and hide my head until you say, this is my wife, Kim. I will not introduce myself. Last Listen, one. We'll do one more. Differences in ambition and the importance of work. One mm. person is far more ambitious and oriented towards work and success, while the other focuses more on quality of family life and fun with the partner. I think this depends on the, this time period in our relationship. Yeah, because different seasons. When we first met, I think you were definitely more success-focused. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I wasn't, but... You know, you were definitely leading that charge. Um, I think we're both fairly ambitious. Mm-hmm. I'm not overly ambitious, mm-hmm. but I am. I'm competitive. Um, you are competitive. I'm super competitive, but not in a bad way. Like I'm even. I'm actually more competitive with myself than I am really with like other people. Mm-hmm. But it does drive me. I love a good naysayer. Those are my favorite. I am ambitious. I think you're definitely more ambitious than I am, but I just think we're lit by a different match, you know. But we're at this stage in our life, are so are focused. Okay, that was drunk. Uh, focused on more fulfillment and what fulfill. I think that's my lesson this past twelve months because we're coming up into May, June, right? This is when we went to Europe last year, the end of June. 
And from Europe through COVID quarantine, I've really nailed down what lights me up mm-hmm. and what's important to me. Mm-hmm. And there is a certain level of what I want to accomplish, but not necessarily tying it to a monetary result, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I think that I think I had a lot of nervous energy driving success that was more, you know, certainly ego-driven. It was more um, feeling less than other people driven, um, you know, like jealousy driven than it was like truly an internal fire to say, I'm creating, you know, I'm creating this company because I fucking love it. Like if, you know, right now, when I think about you know, what I'm doing with the work hard, play hard, uh, experience. Like now I'm working on Marrakesh. I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm excited to do it. You know, my vision is that, that, you know, this will be a multi-million dollar company someday in lots of different areas, you know, whether it's, um, whether it's, you know, books and courses and, and experiences or whatever, but I'm into it and it's, and, and I'm not into it because I, want to show the significance of what I've created mm-hmm. or the trappings of my success. And in fact, I'm, you know, I had this conversation with, with uh, one of the guys that we met at the park today. And I said that, you know, you were there and I said, I'm, I'm so, I'm so less interested at this stage of my life in showing off my car or my house or the five-star restaurant that I've been to. And then the woman we were talking to said, Taco Tuesday is great for me. I said, Taco Tuesday is fucking awesome for me. Like I'm fine with it, you know? So I I think that there were times in, in my life where, you know, there wouldn't have been a Taco Tuesday because it needed to be a very expensive restaurant and Mm -hmm. to be able to afford a very expensive restaurant, you need to make income. So the drive to make the money, the success drive Mm -hmm. was very, very differently motivated than it is now. And it's a much, I don't know, purer. You want to be proud of the company you're building and the work that you're doing. There's a bit of legacy. You want to make an impact. Like I I want, you know, I want... uh, uh, it gets me emotional to think about this, but I want like, you know, Sophia and Demi, you know, to say like, you can go back and listen to any of my dad's podcasts and you can hear in his voice that he was interested mm-hmm. and he was curious and he helped people. And you can go back and and look at the videos of his work hard, play hard experiences that he did. And he changed lives and he put people together that didn't know each other and exposed them to countries that they would have never visited and gave them experiences that they would have never had. Like, I want to know that when I'm gone, that that legacy is, is, um, is a ripple effect out into the, uh, into the more than just a dollar, more than just a dollar. So we'll leave it on that note. Um, you have anything else to say? I mean, I hope this was helpful. Guys, let us know um, if you enjoyed I got this. a lot of feedback on the last one. This is like, this is one of those things where like once we hit the record, we look at each other and go, was that good? <laughs> Does anybody give a shit about that? Daddy, are but, you listening? But we did get a lot of feedback um, on the last one and um, it really helps us if you like it to let us know because we won't know otherwise. So that's it. 
Um, happy, uh, happy. Actually, this is a it's a Friday, but we're recording this one on a uh, on a Saturday night. So happy Friday from our Saturday night Listen, in quarantine. Everyone's in quarantine. No one knows what the hell Nobody day it is anything. anyway. But do but do let us know what you what you thought about it. Have a great night, everybody. See you next week. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.